Hi everyone! So it's been a really long time since I made a podcast and I had some things to say. So I just wanted to make this quick little podcast and then hopefully um, I'm hoping to get back in the swing of things with more regular podcasts. But it's probably just going to be, you know, when I have something to talk about um, and, and we'll go from there. So I hope you guys enjoy! Okay, so the last time I made a podcast, I actually didn't have a couple of the horses that I do now. Um, So I'm just going to do a brief little introduction on all the horses, kind of a summary on how everyone's doing. And then I I will have a story time type thing at the end. um, And we'll talk about a little bit about that and what happened and and all of that. It's it's with one of the new horses. So hopefully that'll be interesting. Um, But let's just get right into it. Uh, let's start with Maverick. You all should know him. He has been with me for eight years. He's 10 years old this year, and um, he's being leased out currently. Um, I'm doing dressage with him, and he's being leased out to a lady that possibly wants to do some barrels in the future and maybe buy her own horse in the near future. So she's just learning more technical aspects of riding on Maverick and how to just be the best version of herself as a rider she can be. So he's really helping her with that and she's riding him uh, twice a week and then one of the other horses twice a week and taking some lessons and things like that. So they've been doing really well together and he seems to like her and all of that. He His top line is a little bit lacking uh, so I'm hoping that it will change with the more regular work that he's getting right now. As far as positive reinforcement that we've been doing with him, honestly, I haven't been doing much of anything just because he is being leased. I'm just kind of letting her take uh, take the main role with him and, um, and go from there. He lives 24-7 unless it's rainy or um, storming out in the pasture along with Classy and um, Nemo. So they have a great time out there. Um, I actually just bought them a Hay Chicks round bale net that I'm going to be put on their round bale. So um, we try to make sure that they have hay all the time and and all the things like that. So he's doing well. Um, Yeah, so we can move straight on to Nemo just simply because not doing anything really with Maverick. Um, It's kind of the same theme with Nemo. He's just kind of chilling in the pasture with Maverick. He is two and a half. He turns three in next March. Um, People want, they've been asking me kind of why I haven't broke him out yet. And and the simple answer is, even if I wanted to, I I just haven't had time. But I don't want to. He is 16 hands and a bean pole. He looks like, he just... He looks like a twig. I mean, there's really not much to him right now. He's not underweight, but he's just rocketing up too fast for his body to maintain. So he looks kind of lanky and kind of weird. He's really butt high. Uh, he's probably going to be 16'2", 16'3", when he's finished growing. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want him to be that big, but that's how big he, he, he thinks he's going to be. So we'll see how it goes. But um, we're working 
I honestly, like, I'm not even going to tell you guys that I'm doing anything with him because I just haven't, right? Like, I'm, I go out in the pasture, I have a fun time, I may do some positive reinforcement or play around with him or have him follow the target or stand on a mat or um, do long and low, things like that. But it's usually out in the pasture and he lives outside with Maverick and Classy, like I said, 24-7 unless there's bad weather. So um, he's just been chilling, nothing much going on. Um, just living his best life, getting getting big and tall and and all that. His mane, though, his mane is so long. It's almost to his shoulder. He's a beautiful, beautiful guy. He's so calm. He loves salt licks. Uh, he loves splashing in the water trough. He's unfortunately kind of lower. Maverick tends to push him around a little bit. So I think maybe he's not getting as much grain as I think he's getting or stuff like that. But they do have a round bale 24-7, so he is maintaining weight quite nicely. Uh, So let's go to Classy then. She's a little bit more in-depth. Basically, I actually did sell her uh, to someone a couple months ago. I think I sold her in May, and I just brought her back a couple of weeks, weeks ago now. So I sold her to be a broodmare. We thought that she was going to be only broodmare sign and wasn't going to be able to do any sort of riding or anything like that. Uh, but basically, I I just missed her. I mean, there's just some horses that you just kind of fall in love with, and I couldn't stop thinking about her, and I didn't really care if she was going to be able to work or not. So I bought her back, and I was hoping she was in full, but it looks like she is not in full unless the uh, vet missed missed the baby um but it seems like she's not in full uh excuse me yawning um so she's she's kind of a hard case because she has um she has kissing spine which we knew about i x-rayed her a couple of years ago it's just a grade one there's only two vertebrae that are touching but there's a very noticeable bump in her in her uh lumbar right above um or right in front of her um like her her butt I guess you could say and then she also has um she has an asymmetrical pelvis her pelvis is essentially tilted forward when she was on the track she was vanned off the track twice which means vanned off the track literally she was put on a stretcher laying down she could not get up and she had to be carted off the track so she was not able to stand up and walk out of her own out of her own um, will and authority she was she was carted off the track so that happened to her twice basically it happened to her once and then um she was in a trailer accident and she broke her leg and or her pelvis we don't or and her pelvis, um, we don't really know if, if she did break her pelvis or, or if she didn't, haven't done a bone scan to confirm or deny any of that. So we don't know, but her pelvis is, does have some issues, does have um, some, some problems with it. So probably something happened during the trailer accident. And then uh, she was also in a barn fire. So she just hasn't really had that good of a, a beginning and then after all of that she was deemed sound and able to race her three-year-old year so she went she came out of the starting um gates and then basically wiped out and had to be carted off the track again and then she was retired and i bought her not knowing any of that none of that was disclosed um and the person that was selling her to me was sound she looked sound she was sound there was nothing wrong with her no asymmetrical gate no nothing so I bought her, and when I got her back, um, 
I mean, there were some issues with her. I'm not going to say there wasn't anything. She, it just didn't look like it was as bad as it was. She was underweight. It looked, she appeared to have some sort of ulcers or maybe some GI upset, something that was causing her to not have a lot of weight on her when I bought her. Um, so I just didn't think much of it other than that. We put a lot of weight on her, a lot of muscle on her, and then I was able to see the asymmetrical gait. So um, it's it's a work in progress. And um, I, I just, I bought her back and, and I love her and I miss her and I really don't care uh, what happens if, if she can ride or if she can't ride or um, any of that. I, I just, I honestly just don't, just don't care because I, like I said, I just love her and there's just certain horses that you just can't get rid of no matter what. So she's definitely one of them. Um, and, and she's doing quite okay. And we are rehabbing her like a kissing spine surgery horse. So she's doing a complete rehab program for kissing spine, which is going to help her rebuild and regain those muscles and those, and those strength elements. Sorry, I'm, I'm tired. It's nine thirty, ten o'clock at night as I'm recording this. So, um, she's, she, it's going to help her re-strengthen those. The, the problem with, um, with her is she has obviously some bone abnormalities just because of all the breaks and all the issues that she's had and the kissing spine and all that. So the, the stronger we can get her muscles, the better she's going to be. If she's really, really weak in there, she's not going to be able to stabilize herself. So right now we need to get her to strengthen her muscles properly and correctly so that she holds her body correctly. And that way she won't, um, re-damage or continue to damage her back with the kissing spine or maybe something else from something. So I'm just trying to get her to be as, you know, as strong as she can be with rehabbing her. And then in in that case, if she was to be pregnant, if the vet did miss something, um, that way she would be as physically fit as she could be before having the full, especially with all of her issues. And if, like, as you can imagine, if the pelvis is unstable and she falls, it would, um, it could potentially have some sort of risk factor to it versus if I get her sound um, and, or as sound as she can be and as stable as she can be, then, um, then that would be good for foaling. Uh, as far as my long-term goals with Classy, I really don't have any. Um, if she can barrel race in the future, great. If she can't, fine too. Um, I plan on keeping her for her life and I really don't care. And if she can be a trail horse, that's great. My dad loves her. Um, he loves riding her. My boyfriend rides her. So not currently. Um, she's just in rehab right now. So we're just taking it one step at a time with her. She's just out in the pasture rehabbing. Her feet got kind of long when she was not with me and, um, she lost a little bit of weight because there was a hurricane when she was away. So, um, she was in that and had some stress and we don't know if she was pregnant. Maybe she lost the baby when all of that happened, but, um, regardless she's repairing herself. Her body's repairing. She's, she's doing wonderfully and, um, we're going to continue and hopefully she will just get better. Um, so after, after classy Nemo and Maverick, um, there's a new horse. So thunder, um, Basically, let's backtrack a little bit. So you guys know Heidi. Heidi is my, my she, I think she's now four, question mark? Yeah, I think she's four. Sorry, I say that because I was thinking she was five. No, um, I think she's four. So I bought Heidi last year um, in July, and I didn't know she was in full, actually, guys. So she was in full, and she fold this March, and it was a bay 
Philly. And she was at a cult starter before July. And um, she was with these two stallions. And one was gray and one was a bay. And um, so we were like, okay, we found the, we found the dad. It's the bay. And because um, she's sorrel and so bay. There we go. So the the bay stallion was unfortunately not doing anything. Um, he had never been broke out. He is eight years old. He had never had anybody touch him other than with a halter on. He um, didn't know what feet were feet trimming were was. He didn't know what a saddle was. He just didn't do anything for his entire his entire life. He had a pretty rough start to his life. Um, he was born a month and a half early. He got a um, virus, I believe, um, that almost took his life. So there was just some things that he was dealing with, and um, I think it kind of stunted his growth and made him less desirable, so he didn't end up doing anything. So um, when, long story short, he just, he didn't do anything with that cult starter that he was at, and um, when I found out when we saw it was a bay filly and we were like, yep, it's, it's this horse's, this, this horse's, um, uh, full, then, um, goodness, sorry. Uh, when we figured out it was this horse's full, I decided, I, I, I asked the owner, I'm like, if you don't want the stallion, I'll take the stallion. I'll buy the stallion from you. Uh, if he's not going to do anything, I'll register him. Cause he wasn't registered. He isn't registered still. Um, I was like, you know, if, 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 if you'd allow me to do that, then I would be happy to do that and, and get this full registered and this stallion registered and get him under saddle and all of that. So she agreed and, and, and I, I got Thunder, his name. It's a funny how he, he kind of named himself. So it was a long trip. It was a 14 hour journey to get him. And on the way back, I was going to name him Playboy because I thought it was funny because he had impregnated mares without like plural not just my mare but there was a couple other mares that he was that he um was with were like that he was with there you go and um so I was gonna name him playboy and he got so angry guys when I tell you that that horse pinned his ears and looked so mad when I said that name he was like don't you call me that that is so rude and I just started laughing and it was storming and I started you know I had all these names in my head and I I said all these names to him and he just didn't seem happy like with any of them and I know that sounds weird but he didn't seem happy and then it was thundering and a big thunder um went like went off and uh, above I don't know what I just said but it, it thundered okay and uh I said how about thunder and I kid you not this horse's ears went forward and he shook his head like nodded up and down and so I'm like yep your name's thunder and he was the cutest little thing he was underweight but he's like 15 hats I mean he's he's cute right his growth is stunted so opal is massive I mean <laughs> massive massive um he should have been a lot bigger but thunder is is was is amazing he doesn't act like a stallion he is the most gelding stallion you will ever have he just warms my heart I love this horse so so much he is awesome and if he rides anything like his personality I am gonna fall in love with him 10 times over and he's just incredible we've been doing so much stuff with him so much positive reinforcement stuff he can target anything uh he does so much with um following the target stick and um doing some lunging type stuff he 
we'll stand on a mat. He's just my best buddy. Like, I just, I love this horse. Um, and uh, we've started him under saddle. He's lunging with the saddle. He's walk trotting with a saddle and a, and a person on him. We've done it all really slow with what he wants at his increments that he can handle. And I think that's super important is I don't want to push horses, right? Like I want to go at their pace and at what they're comfortable with. I feel like they will learn the best when we as their trainer go at their pace. If uh, compare it to this, if you have a, a, a young child and, and they're learning in a school, if they're never allowed breaks or the topic is never changed and like I'm talking young kid, obviously in high school things change, right? Or in college. But um if if there's a young young child and and they work on math for 45 minutes they're going to zone out and they're not going to learn after that right like there there's going to be their breaking point and with horses i think it's no different there's definitely a point that the horse either becomes too agitated and won't learn if a horse is too nervous it won't learn if a horse is too bored it won't learn um and and i think we as the as the riders especially and the trainers especially if we're doing more of a no force um horses acceptance uh what does the horse feel what does the horse want type of approach to our training like i'm trying to employ with my training um then it's up to us to respect them enough to listen to what they have to say so that's what i'm doing with thunder his breakout period or his uh, starting under saddle is going so much slower than 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 maybe someone else's would go with him but i'm i think that it's going to create a stronger more reliable and confident horse in the end because i'm allowing him to move at his own pace at what makes him comfortable so i feel like he's gonna be more comfortable throughout the journey instead of being scared and then having to work through it and then learning that it's quote-unquote okay um so that's kind of my approach with thunder and then um it, it, it's going really well i mean i like I said, I love the horse. He's amazing. I can't say anything bad about him. Um, his personality is incredible. He's like a big puppy dog. Of course, right? He's a stallion. He has tendencies. He has urges. But he is so, so brilliant. I don't want to say he's controllable, but he is um, just... I just don't like using the word control necessarily. I, I don't feel like we need to boss or control our animals um, in that sense. But he is controllable. He is manageable. He is easy to deal with. All of those types of things. He is not a angry, awful, horrible stallion to deal with. So it makes it really easy uh, and, and simple to work with him. And, and I really appreciate that. And I couldn't have asked for a, a better stallion. Um, so that's going well. He started under saddle. He's doing great. Um, Classy's doing amazing. Maverick's doing amazing. Nemo's doing amazing. So let's talk about Opal, the baby horse. Okay. She's almost seven months old already. And I have not made a podcast about her once. I think that's incredible of me. Awesome. So Opie, Opie Dopey, I call her Opie Dopey. I call her Opie Dope. I call her a little doper. Um, she's not dopey at all. She's very intelligent, very bright, but Opie Dopey. <laughs> it's cute. Um, so she is a bay filly. She, if I didn't say um, Thunder is a blood bay, he's, he's not the typical brown bay. He's a blood bay. So he's gorgeous, gorgeous. And Opal 
is a blood bay as well. She is super, super dark. She has um, a black top line, and then she fades to red as she goes lower. Um, as you go lower, I guess I should say. And then her legs are obviously black. So she is absolutely incredible. Her confirmation is incredible. Her mindset is incredible. Um, Thunder is an appendix. Heidi is an appendix. And so she is an appendix. She definitely is more thoroughbred than Quarter Horsey. Um, her build is more thoroughbred. Her mind is more thoroughbred. She's definitely more flighty than Thunder is. She's more like Heidi, but less affectionate. She's just, she's just like the best of them both combined. She's, she, I think she's going to be really difficult (laughs) in some like areas of her training, but it's going to be so rewarding and she's so sweet and, um, she's doing, she's just doing phenomenally. Um, so I kind of want to talk a little bit about her and her training and, and how she's been doing so far. Um, so I want to say when, when, when we first halter broke her, I kind of, well, actually in the beginning, I just kind of didn't like her personality, to be honest with you. She was a lot. She was a lot, a lot to deal with in the beginning. And she still is because she's very strong, very opinionated, um, just a very, very brilliant little foal. And I say all of that, not in the bad sense. I think when we give personalized human like um uh descriptives to horses and to animals in general it can give us a bad taste in our mouth quicker because we expect something different of the horse when i don't think a horse can be um difficult on purpose i don't think a horse can be you know resentful to you or irritated towards you i mean maybe they can be irritated towards you but i don't think they I don't think they say, oh, I don't like you, so I'm going to act this way, right? Like, I don't think they can do that. So she's just a a, a more strong-willed type individual, and I love her for it, you know? Uh, I I, I love her for it. But I tend to get a little bit heated towards her sometimes, and I I, I don't lay a hand on her, don't think I do anything like that. Um, But she definitely pulls pulls my little brain strings apart because she's quite a little stink bug and I love her for it she's my little stink bug um if you didn't hear that (laughs) nickname yep call her stink bug um she's just adorable and I just love her and she has she's been challenging in so many different ways and um but I have been you know I talked about my mindset change last year on this podcast and it, it still stands I mean I've went from being more traditional like you know the horse has to respect you I was doing natural horsemanship for a while um you know like the horse is respecting you um leaders like you have to be their leader they can't they can't step a foot out of line and especially when I got thunder that was like the consensus from most of most of the people around me was you have to be this very stern uh human towards him and you have to be his leader and Honestly, personally, I don't think horses will ever see a human as a part of the herd. I don't think that's possible. You're just, you, you, you can't talk to a horse like a horse can talk to a horse. Um, and, 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 and so I don't think it's right for me. I don't think Thunder, all Thunder would understand is if he is bad, I'm going to punish him. He is not going to understand anything else. And obviously, like, if Thunder were to do something that was dangerous, I have to protect myself and others. Don't get me wrong when I when I say these things. Um, 
but I'm, I'm going to prepare him so I don't have to do something like that, or at least so I don't, um, I don't need to the majority of the time, right? So, um, I'm trying to prepare him in the best way possible. He goes out with geldings, by the way. So he's, he's, he's awesome. I really do like him. I'm going to say that 15,000 times in this, in this podcast. Um, but I feel like it's our duty to prepare the horse for various situations so that way we don't have to be like, oh yeah, I was the leader and the do- and the dominant and, and I, I showed him who was boss because he was acting up. Like we, we, where is this um, ego trip? Like I don't understand that. When did it become fashionable to be borderline abusive to horses? <laughs> you know, um, when did that become okay? Um, so that's kind of what I want to get away from in the horse industry is my cats. Goodness. Um, is I want to get away from this dominance theory. I'm the leader and and I'm the boss type of thing. Uh, and I want it to become more of a partnership. At least that's what I'm trying to employ in my training. And, and with saying this, I'm going to tell you this story, um, that actually happened today, which is the main catalyst of this, um, podcast. Um, so basically I was leading, Heidi and Opal, my dad was here. Okay. So my dad had a horse on a lead rope in the pasture. And then I had Heidi and Opal on lead ropes in the pasture and we were at the gate. And then Maverick, Classy and Nemo were standing in the pasture, still not, you know, they were in the pasture. They didn't have anything on, they they stay out all the time. So we were bringing the horses that come in, in and leaving the horses that stay out, out. So I was, I led, um, the two that I had, Opal and Heidi, out and um, got run over, essentially. So they both stepped on my feet, and um, I almost fell down, and they were pushing on me and all that. So I responded in a more traditional sense, more like, you know, what people would expect me to respond by, I, I didn't really yank on Heidi because she stopped right away, but Opal kept going and stepping on me and getting like she was like right in my space and her chest was on my chest and she was incredibly incredibly intrusive to my space and it was borderline dangerous so I I jerked on her every time she took a step forward I jerked on her and um nothing that would be um out of the social norms for horse training I I was I wasn't doing anything that was um abusive towards her or like I said that would be frowned upon towards the the majority of horse people maybe maybe except the positive reinforcement people but um or the no force people but it was it was not what aligns with my beliefs anymore I don't believe in jerking on a horse's face to get a a, a reaction especially a baby and um I didn't do it very hard and I didn't do it like I said it it wasn't anything that was majorly well, it, like, uh, I don't know. It was wrong for me, but, but it was, it was how I was raised. Okay. So I was raised, you have to understand, I was raised in a traditional barn that was based on negative reinforcement and punishment. So if a horse bit you when you cinched them, you slapped him on the neck. Or if a horse, you know, was running over the top of you in the pasture, you would back him up really hard, or maybe take your lead rope and slap him on the chest. Or there was just things like that that were that were it was punishment punishment based essentially. So I went back to that mindset because I my safety was threatened, um, and and 
I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's hard because my safety was kind of threatened. Did I go overboard? Probably. For, for me, at least, what I'm saying now. I'm trying to not, like, <laughs> like I don't know. I don't want people to take this off the deep end and say, like, I, I, I abused or hurt the horse because I definitely, I, I, I didn't. And I don't want to <laughs> incriminate myself, right? Um, I did what I would have done five years ago, but it doesn't align with me anymore. And I did what I was taught to do when I was younger, but again, it doesn't align with me anymore. I don't think that it is socially unacceptable to um, yank the lead rope down when you're being trampled, <laughs> but it's just not what I would have liked my reaction to the situation to be. Um, so that being said, if I could go back in time, I would have maybe looked around because what I didn't notice was that Maverick was right behind them. So maybe I would have had my dad move Maverick away so that I could get out without the horses that I was leading feeling threatened by having a horse coming up behind them. So I think that was the first thing that went wrong. The second thing that went wrong is when I went through the um, gate, I was trying to open it and take the horses out at the same time. So I should have had my dad open the gate so I would have both hands on both lead ropes at all times. Um, The next thing that went wrong, well, I didn't go wrong, but it just, it, it just it just didn't go right in my opinion was when my horse opal and heidi ran through the gate and punt and 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 stepped on 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 my feet and opal just kept stepping on my feet um i should have um either let the let her lead rope slide through my hand a few feet so when she when when she was in the act of of rushing the gate she could have just walked right past me and then turned around and stopped and stood there and found out that it was okay. Or the other option that would have been better was to just push her off of me and then allow her to settle down in her own space instead of um, yanking on her face. Because I have never done that to her. So I think on a horse that was more pressure and release trained would have understood that concept. But with her, since I have done only positive reinforcement with her um and maybe a little bit of negative reinforcement but it would it's been very little so she has never been popped before she has never had any sort of um yanking action and i don't yank i say yanking lightly because i wasn't yanking on her face to pull her whole head off her neck okay people like don't take this out of context i was not yanking that hard but she has never had any sort of of motion like that to her. So I don't think she, frankly, she did not understand what I was saying. Even on a horse that would have understood, like if I did, if I jerked on Heidi a little bit, she would have backed up and and it would have been done. But Opal was freaking out. It was escalating. Okay. And that's the problem. That's my problem with negative reinforcement sometimes. Um, is the the potential for escalation not only on the horses part if they don't understand but on the people part i think it's a lot more difficult to escalate with positive reinforcement because you're in a positive mindset and with positive reinforcement 
most of the time people are allowing the horse to have autonomy and to make a choice. So if you're in the horse makes a choice mindset, then it's going to be a lot more difficult for you to do something that you don't want to do, right? Like like something that's a little bit harsher um, versus if you're in a negative reinforcement um, or even positive punishment, which I don't align with at all, um, mindset, then it's a lot easier to be like, well, the horse isn't doing this. So like, let's say like I um, applied pressure to the, to the halter. So she should back up. Well, now she's not backing up. So I should press harder. Well, that's not working. So I need to jerk on her. Well, that's not working. So I need to jerk harder. Okay. That's not working. So I'm going to slap her. Like that's the escalation that can happen, which is the escalation that I don't like, which is the escalation that I don't employ with my horses. And, and which is why I am not comfortable with what I did today and I can't change it. So all that to say, we need to learn to grow and change and also forgive. I have changed the way that I train drastically, okay? But with that, I have habits and inclinations from me being raised in a traditional barn. Um, So I need to accept that Forgive myself for any sort of um, uh, maybe 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 um, maybe thing that I didn't want to do, and 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 learn from it. So can I change what happened today with Opal? No, I can't change it, but I can change what happens in the future or prevent what happens from happening again. Okay, so I think it's important not to get in a in a guilt trip thing with yourself you won't learn from it and it'll just get get you stuck on it and you'll probably end up doing what you're guilty about again so I'm making this podcast today one to help me talk through it so I can talk through my emotions and my feelings regarding the 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 event that happened but also so I can raise awareness to people um even if like I I don't even care like even if you're even if you're still in a traditional mindset but you're like well maybe I don't want to be super harsh with my horses anymore so I'm so I'm just going to have a little bit of a lighter approach if you go back to your super hard approach then then you have to be you have to you have to accept that i mean you, don't accept it like i can i can do it again like that if you don't i don't do what you don't want to do to your horses and and and, and don't be mean to them okay or rude to them or or they're they're animals and they don't understand so so we have to be courteous to them but if you do something that that doesn't align with your beliefs anymore you have to learn to forgive yourself don't forget what happened but forgive yourself and move on that way it won't happen again um don't get in this guilt tripping thing with yourself and um we w- the, the the bottom line is if you can if if you think to yourself i want to change this thing about my training Just because you thought that to yourself doesn't mean that you're always going to do that every single time, 100% of the time with every situation that comes your way. You are going to mess up and you are going to revert back to, to what's second nature to you. And when that happens, accept it, move on, change it, and don't do it again. Um, so, so I just, I, I, you know, 
I, I have changed the way that I trained. Opal has only known me training the way that I train now um, with autonomy and with um, allowing the horse to have some sort of say in the matter and um, clicker training and positive reinforcement. And of course, I use some negative reinforcement, but Opal hasn't really got to see any of that because she's a baby and um, all of that. And I use some pressure and release, but it's more, I use pressure more as a... Um, as a good thing than a, than something that the horse dreads and wants to get away from. So, sorry, my cat's walking on um, my phone. But, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. But anyways, I just, I wanted to make this so, so I could help forgive myself and talk through my feelings. And then also I wanted to make it because I hope it will help somebody else forgive themselves and think about their feelings. So we can, we can all as horse people, um, maybe become, become different. And if you're fine with your traditional method or your method of training, then, then that's fine. I mean, if, if it's abuse, it's abuse. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, if you, if you think abuse is okay, like that, that's cool. Like if you're, if you're beating your horse, absolutely not. And, and, and that's not okay. Um, but, but certain things are, are, are okay. Right. Like, I mean, if you're going to use pressure to back them up, that's fine. Um, if you're okay with that, that's cool. If you're not okay with it, then don't do it. Right. And if you do it, then don't do it again. Right. So we, it's just, I'm, I'm repeating myself at this point, but I, I hope you get what I mean. And, and, and the main thing is Opal is, is going to remember that there was a different reaction with a gate. So it's my responsibility now to help her and retrain that gate. So you bet your bottom dollar tomorrow I'm walking out to that gate and doing some positive enforcement clicker training, walking her in and out of that gate. Um, and I'm going to help her and, I, and I'm going to try to make sure that I set her up for her best reaction um, tomorrow. And um, I think a lot of training that, that, that goes wrong is just because we don't, we don't help that horse for that situation before the situation happens. A lot of training, especially traditional training, is wait till it happens and then fix it, which I don't think is the right mindset. I think we need to prepare prepare people. Um, like in the human world, we try to prepare people for things before they happen so you have the right tools when they happen. Um, and I think that needs to be more employed, whether you're traditional, positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, whatever whatever training technique you use in the horse world. I think that that needs to be um, more commonly employed. Um, and, and, and guys, I do use negative reinforcement in my training. I use a very blended approach. So don't think that I never use it. Um, what I don't do is any sort of abrupt, harsh jerking or uh, corrections with my horse anymore. I won't do that anymore. So that's what I did today. And, and that's what I need to change. And, and that's why I am making a podcast about forgiveness. So, um, yeah, that's kind of all I have to say today. And I hope everyone has a good day and learned something from this video or from this podcast and, and can kind of help put something into play with their horses. Main thing to take away from this is, is just to learn from your mistakes and to not make them again and know that we're all human and we're all trying. And as long as you're trying, whether that's with traditional training, positive reinforcement, whatever, whatever you're doing, as long as you're trying to better yourself and make yourself a, a better horse um, man or woman, 
then I think you're on the right path. And, um, like, I'm not on a high horse saying that I'm, um, you know, any sort of awesome trainer for doing what I, for doing a a less, um, intrusive or, or forceful approach with my horses. It, it just works for me. And if it doesn't work for you, then that's totally fine. But it works for me and that's what I'm comfortable with. So that's what I'm going to continue to do. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys had a, had a great, had a great time listening to me. I had a great time talking. Um, and I hope to do these more regularly, but I'm not going to, uh, promise anything because I don't know if I'll stick to it. So yep. Yep. All right. Have a good time. Okay. Goodbye.